Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the iconic Bitcoin podcast episode number 100. Oh. I am the first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And as always, I'm host number three, Corey. I feel like we hey, need that guys. like annoying banner thing. Like, bow, 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 bow. 100, 100, 100. We made it to episode 100. A century. If if everyone were to play our podcast once a year, then they wouldn't finish until the year 2116 from this date. That's a weird thing to say. The fact the first eight years you would listen <laughs> to a really bad podcast. <laughs> the first eight years. It wouldn't get you into a year nine. Yeah. The first eight years would be a really bad experience, annual experience. Yeah, you would not like, episode nine. You would not like this task. Yeah. What does this what podcast else? mean to you guys? What does it mean to me? Yeah. A brighter future for just not for everyone, for all humanity. This is the same the same mean? thing it was when we first started for me. Uh it's access. I can go talk to whoever I want to talk to mostly yeah. in the Bitcoin community and just have a conversation with them. And they're willing to just be like, yeah, I'll have a conversation with you. And they're not just like, whatever, scrub. I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were, you were hesitant when we first started. Now you're the most gung-ho host of the show. Yeah, I really fell into it. I think in the beginning, when you first like told it, you like pitched it to me, I didn't take it as an offer to do the show with you. And so I was like, Oh hell yeah, man, that's, that's going to be awesome. I you know, hope I can be a part of that. Like, but I didn't say that last part. And so you took it as, eh, good luck guys. <laughs> kind of like a, yeah, whatever. Cool. No, you said, uh, I don't want to be a part of it, but you got yourself a listener. I remember. I don't remember <laughs> saying that. I don't remember saying that, but maybe the you second time around, I was like, Fez, it takes me three times to come around and do something. <laughs> You're like, fuck that show. I don't want. I don't want to do that show. I'll tell him I'll listen to it though. That'll get him off my back. That'll That's the type of back. shark I'd be on Shark Tank. Like, oh, you're not gonna get my money, but you got yourself a customer. See ya. <laughs> See ya. So, uh, let's talk about. What about you, Cello? You didn't. You didn't answer your own question. Yeah. Uh, I've been. I always gotta have at least one side project. And when my other side project went oh, by the wayside. this is a side project? 
you to be full time. But right now, this is uh, this is just a, a labor of love. And um, you know, even if we don't get paid a cent, I'd, I'd still do it because I'm learning. I'm learning about a booming industry, and that's invaluable. We literally almost just get paid a cent, so <laughs> it's not very far from. Yeah. Speaking of which, it is a booming industry. It is. Are you trying to do the ads? Was that a segue? I was, but you ruined it. So go ahead. Fuck that segue. Fuck your segue. <laughs> you don't get to do ads today. No, I'm kidding. Shout out to Athena Bitcoin. I love y'all. I love the shirts. That's I'm wearing one right now, actually. We're done. Shout out to Athena Bitcoin. Shout out to EscrowMyBits.com. Shout out to Colgate Toothpaste. No I'm kidding. No, fuck Colgate. They're not paying. They, they don't pay us. They, they don't get. They don't get our endorsement. Since the nine, fuck Colgate. Whitening toothpaste, my ass. Shit don't work. Anyways, go ahead. We could do your thing. Yeah, I just appreciate all the sponsors that have been with us on this journey. 100 episodes. Um, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep going. Uh, we're brought to you by Escrow My Bits. Uh, it only takes three steps. All you're going to do is register and deposit your Bitcoin. Seller ships the item. Buyer checks the goods. Releases the funds. You know how it works. They charge a small escrow fee of 1%, which is super low. And they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. They've thought of everything. And your funds are kept in a secure two of three multi-signature transaction where they only hold one key. So we want there to no longer be any excuses on why not to use escrow. So uh, sign up for that newsletter and go to escrowmybits.com where you can escrow your shit with escrowmybits. Dot com. Yeah, you changed right. up that jingle a little bit. I did. And we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin, the most trusted name in Bitcoin ATMs. Located in H-Town, Fort W-Town, D-Town, and seven other U.S. cities. <laughs> Fort W-Town, people call it that, right? No one calls it that. Oh, well, that's Fort Worth. Uh, you can download the Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store or the Google Play or the Google Play for my 80. Um, <laughs> AthenaBitcoin.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company, Bitquick.co, which is a very easy peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin marketplace where you can get cash. Well, no, you can get Bitcoin for cash in as little as three hours. And they've been serving Bitcoiners since 2013. So where there's a bank, there is Bitquick. All right. All right. That's all done. Yeah, man. You guys should really check out some of those guys, too. Like, they're good. They make good shit. And they Don't wouldn't be our sponsor if they didn't. We're not just taking all sponsors. It's it's not like we're just. Yeah. We said no Today to people. sponsored by Great Value Cheerios brand. We love them. They're the best Cheerios brand. No. Yeah. No. They're the best brand of whole grain oats that you're ever going to eat. Quality sourcing. No. Quality time with your family. Great brand. <laughs> Great source of fiber. Uh, um, no, yeah, no. let's talk about... Check those guys out. What, the IRS stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the IRS getting everybody's business? I have talk about that? I got an opinion on that. Go for it. Well, yeah. first, how about you explain, I guess, the issue? Uh, Iris sent a nice little letter over to Coinbase and they were like, hey, we want to get access to all your transactions and your customers' activity uh, because we're the government and we're basically like, uh, I don't know, a legal mafia. 
So we just want to see how you're doing business here to see if we can definitely leech some money off of it. Yeah. That's pretty much how it went down. Well, what I learned from your friends on your Facebook account is that <laughs> people don't care about the tech. They only care about the money. And they think the only reason Bitcoin exists is to buck the traditional system. So for me, I think that this is uh, I think this is illegal. I think it's market manipulation. I think it's illegal. I think if you filed your taxes properly, you don't have anything to worry about. Exactly. Well, how would they know? See, that's, that's the thing is the IRS does, has no idea how to treat cryptocurrencies because it's we all say it's money. Yeah, it, 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 no, it's not, but it's changing tech and it's money, right? It's a new source of money. And they're like, yeah. oh, fuck. We have to now incorporate that into all the things that we currently do. And it doesn't quite fit into all the neat little holes that we've created for the current things of money. And it's got to, like, they, they have to try and keep track of how companies make money. That's how taxes work. And they're going to go through the channels that are, that are playing ball. One of those channels is Coinbase. Why wouldn't they, if they want to try and figure out and investigate whether or not someone has performed tax fraud, whether you like tax or not, you can still commit tax fraud. They have to yeah. then try and investigate it. And how are they going to go and do it? I mean, are, are you just, is, what, what, what's the, what's the better source? Do they just start arresting people off the suspension of using Bitcoin? Like wh if they're going to investigate it, what's the best way to do it? Is there Where's is there a way that's going to be happy to everybody? No, no one likes the fucking IRS, but they have to do something. Why are you surprised when they go and do something? You're not going to get thrown in prison, but you, you run the risk of at least being harassed. Unless you're Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah super harassed. Blade I Four mean, is happening just because of his finances. I don't. I don't think they said they're going to fight it. They people, they're going to fight it in court. They're going to make sure that the, that the article said that they're going to make sure that, that it's a it's a legitimate legal case. Coinbase, because they've been playing by all the rules the entire time, will do whatever they can to perfect users' privacy. But that doesn't mean they're not going to play ball with the IRS because that's playing ball. And if they want to continue business, then. IRS might have the like the power to shut them down. And then what's tricky is how the community responds to that because like there's a lot of ideology stooped in, you know, damn the man, buck the system, like Marcello said. A lot of people think that's yeah. the only reason Bitcoin exists. I and have so, a little bit of that in me. I'd say like 20% to 30% of me is like fuck the man, fuck the system, Bitcoin for life. Um but then the other 70, I guess, no, it is, it'll only be 80 to 70%, 70 to 80% of me is rational. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I, I can't say F you to a system that I've lived in. Yeah, you're, you're an American. And by yeah. being an American and, I, like, and identifying yourself as an American, you're going to pay American taxes. If you don't like that, you can move. But that's... But you have to rescind your yeah, my wife has my wife has jumped in and says you have to re, re, get rid of your citizenship, but it's like that's kind of the whole idea of living in a state or living in a government. It's like if you don't like it, you can leave. It may not be easy, but you have that yeah. you have that option. No one's going to stop you from leaving America. I think it's only people who have really good governments that are the ones that complain about their governments 
the most. Well, the ones that like, don't yeah, going, that, that have the ability is, to complain. Yeah, where I'm going with that is like I'm looking outside right now and just like beautifully paved roads, no sewage problems, consistent running electricity, water tastes like tastes so good. Sorry for listeners that aren't experiencing it, but it's just like this stuff isn't like there's not one company of dudes applying that. A lot of that is subsidized and kept regulated and running so consistently. Where do you think the money to pay for those comes from? I hope you're getting to that. Oh. No, it falls from the sky. It's government <laughs> free money. Yeah. That falls from the sky. I mean, I, I hope that that was, the, that was the point you were trying to make, is that yeah. that is all done. Infrastructure, yeah. which is a word that I use probably way too much, is all done based on taxes. Well, nevertheless, so least... it's a great word. So. Hey, you haven't said nevertheless like lately. <laughs> you're saying that a lot. I know. I haven't used nomenclature well, in a while either, so I'll start trying to throw that in. Well, Jesus, <laughs> everybody! I think people just don't realize that Coinbase is Coinbase is a bank. So yeah. why would why would it be any different? Well, that's that's the only place that they can go, especially in a system like Bitcoin, where they can actually get user information. Right? That's it's it's these portals yeah. into the Bitcoin world. Why don't they just are our problem? Time. Those connections. If you're trying to if you're trying to commit tax fraud. You probably don't want to use our service. You probably just want to learn how to use Bitcoin on your own and some tumblers and good read the license that. agreement. That's pretty much what it says. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, the the moment that you you give your information to a company in order to have an account with that company, then what, what do you expect, right? Yeah. It's it's a matter of giving up privacy for convenience. And I think this is where the true opportunity is. As a community, we're using this new thing. So it's our opportunity to seize the direct lines of communication with the people that do make the regulations and are in power to say like, hey, you know, and I think we're doing that. I think a community is doing a good job of at least trying to talk to the people that make the big decisions. But when they're trying to regulate something that like 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 that's never existed like this on the planet before, it's got to be a tough job. So there had to be very constant lines of communications between us, the greater Bitcoin and crypto community, and the lawmakers to say like, uh, I see the way you wrote that law, and let me tell you, that's bullshit. I'll tell you it's this not much: work. I have some some experience with uh I don't have experience but I know people who do have experience with dealing with lawmakers and particularly with it associated with bitcoin and they don't fucking care like they care but they're so bored out of their mind and these are regulators that are bored out of their mind and so it's it's going to be difficult to find people or have them listen or understand these types of you know the passion that we all have for this type of thing but we, yeah, it still has to be done. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm exactly right. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean it doesn't need to be done. It, it's exactly what needs to be done. That's why you think I took this job, other than getting paid. Yeah, it gives me other a chance. Getting paid. Yeah, <laughs> getting paid helps. But making like these it, fat stacks. It gives me an opportunity <laughs> to try and to make a difference in that area, which, cause I think that area is going to be huge and there's so much ignorance walking around in it. Looking back on what we've done with the show, you guys ever feel like maybe we should have like a 
professional sect or of it where we do things that matter, bigger things, and, and bring those kind of people together. Or what? We, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like we, using our little voice here, can be that open line of communication to, to lawmakers and find the lawmakers that do care and then proliferate their passions for regulating this thing into people's lives. Because, let's, I mean, in the, in the world that we live in, in America... Something doesn't enter your life probably until it's been regulated to shit. Like that's just the way it is. Everything's regulated. You want to make a difference. Yeah, man. I've been listening to a lot of Michael Jackson lately. You've been looking at the man in the mirror? Well, if you want the government to be a part of this type of stuff, they need to there needs to be regulation and standards because they essentially won't latch on or incorporate anything until there's standards associated with it and a large use case of it not breaking because the, the government is about three years behind in technology for all things. And it'll always be that you're, way. You're giving them a lot, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say at best. <laughs> okay. At best three years behind. And that's because they, it's a, it's a big old ship and it's really hard to steer, right? It's just going. And it's really hard mm-hmm. to change direction. And it takes these incremental chips in the right direction that help you slowly move it in the direction you'd like it to go. Uh, and the people who think that this stuff is going to turn on a dime are just living in a fantasy world. Yeah, we've been in this for a while now. and Not much has changed except the precise has changed a lot. But... Well, there's a lot of stuff that's changed. We like we talked about in the beginning of the show. Think about how much harder it was Man. to buy Bitcoin and how easy it is now to buy Bitcoin, move it around. You have all these new wallets that allow you to kind of get in and get out, move it to a safe location. The, even the it's idea so, of, of keeping it safe is so much easier. So fucking easy. And yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's the exact type of infrastructure we were saying was going to be built when we started the show. And it has been. And it still is being built. It's just we've been. A, uh, Jack Dictator who wrote that book about like what's Bitcoin. And he didn't even oh. buy any because it was so hard to buy some back then. But if he bought it, he would have been rich. Did you just call him Jack Dictator? A spoil who, the, who our guest is. It's I don't the, want people to know. His name's not Dictator. <laughs> his name is not Dictator. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. Jacked. I think I think he just likes to, he did he did I asked him how to say his name. This is in the next episode. And uh, that was one of his like dictator, you know, like dictator. I was like, "Oh, okay." That enough was like Tatar or Yeah, you don't want to be like 55 years old and be like, you know, like tater tot. You know, so you have to be cooler about it. <laughs> I want to go tater tot every time. All right, let's uh let's why don't we move into this episode? In this interview, yeah, yeah. I got uh, the principal data scientist in NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Just kidding, I got a porn star. He is <laughs> the first heterosexual Asian male porn star. Wow, wow, Randy. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, he he uh if i if i'm going to reflect on the porn side there's there's just very few asian american men starring in in tv and porn so he you know he broke down barriers uh you know there's jackie chan and then there's this guy so he's he's pretty that pretty is a big jump. deal 
That's quite the leap. Put him, yeah, you put him in a very high esteem there. Well, it's our hundredth episode, so so he Jackie Chaned porn for Asian dudes. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But, but that's not the best part. That's is, not why we have him on the show. What? No, the best part is now he's in Chiang Mai, Thailand. He's just passionate about sharing his path to health, happiness, and freedom. He's a Bitcoin investor. He's a gold bug. He's empowering others to thrive. Just a great guy, great guest, great conversation. I mean, this guy, like, he has like his his kind of road to Bitcoin and why he uses it today and why he is an evangelist is exactly the type of person that is perfect for adopting other people because he has real life experience and real use cases on why Bitcoin has changed his life and made things so much easier for him. Whereas a lot of people, like especially like for me, for existence, when I'm trying to tell people about Bitcoin, they're like, yeah, but why? And they're like, well, you know, all of these things you can do. And I don't have a lot of really good reasons for like things that I have done and how it's changed my life other than I'm a nerd and I love this stuff. So like for the everyday man and there's certain scenarios you might find yourself in that he's going to find himself in that it's completely outside of porn. They're like, oh, that makes, I can see why that was so much better to use Bitcoin in these scenarios. And he talks about that on the show. And I thought it was really like a, a, a cool way to kind of meet these people that it changes their life and they're so passionate about it because it did change their life. It's not because they're just interested in the technology. He's not one of those people that's just pumping Bitcoin. No. Nope. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. And I, I listened to the interview. It didn't sound like he was thrusting anything on you guys. All right, let's let's get to the interview. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I got one more. You ready for it? Yeah. You ready for it? Do you think that uh, whenever he pays with Bitcoin, he lays it down? All right. That was weak. Like he lays it down. That was weak. <laughs> uh, the other two were way better. You're, you're trying. I, I did reach on that one. I did reach on that one. Do, do you think that he thinks that fiat currency blows? It's probably pretty limp in his opinion. Oh, nice. That was a dick joke. Uh, <laughs> Continue with the episode. So, without further ado, first heterosexual Bitcoin evangelist that's Asian. I don't know if that's that's right, but <laughs> here it is. Man, so I've, this is a big question in itself, and you can kind of pick and choose where you want to begin, but... For people who don't know you and who you are and what you're about, could you tell us a little bit of an of an overview, if you will? Mm, okay, interesting. I think that a lot of people online they know me for being in uh, in adult movies. That's that's the most um, common discussion that I have online. But you know, I I just I haven't I haven't been involved for a couple of years. I took a step back. And um, I'm, it still surprises me now that people still talk to me about that um, because most of my social media, um, I talk about Bitcoin, I talk about um, just spirituality, go, traveling, uh, living, the, living the, the, the free life, you know. There's a term 
that people have coined recently a digital digital nomad um and i think that's what that's where i fit fit in right now i'm not really in any box um but yeah i guess now that i have interactions outside outside of the industry it's kind of it's kind of funny to talk about how do people know you i guess a lot of people see my see my butt <laughs> in movies you know um having fun out there in 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 the adult industry so how, how does how does one make that transition how, how did how do you go how did, how did you get turned into on to bitcoin it or out what, of it and like into into bitcoin how did you how did you get into bitcoin what made you say like this is what yeah. i kind of want to i want to be more vocal about or talk about right right um well for me it it kind of it was just like a natural progression for me i came to the states uh wow well, this is so the first time i came to the states in like uh 2010 and i came back and forth you know being being a good non-working tourist for a while hmm. and then um i got i got sort of kind of like I got stuck out there um, doing a movie. I got a movie, and and I would, the movie was like a couple of months. It was a, a featured movie, so it was a couple of months of shooting. And they even had some problem with the camera there. They had like a break in the shooting, but it was done over three months. But because of that, I'd been granted a year's uh, work visa, so I just decided to hang out out there. Um, but then that year went went by real quick and I got busier and busier and more popular in the States with the studios out there. Uh, and I didn't really feel like going back to the Europe. So when my work visa ran out, I started getting more and more um, problems getting paid. And, um, and, I, and I, I was always a cash guy because in Europe, it's always cash, you know, uh, like at the end of the shoot, you got your cash, you sign your contract, that's it. So I remember around, I don't know, it must have been about 2012, talking to my buddy like about this Bitcoin thing. And I was like, yeah, dude, imagine if it gets like to a hundred bucks, you know, <laughs> like if, let's buy now. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, dude, like it could be a scam. Um, and so I played around with this idea of Bitcoin for probably probably over uh, over a year maybe two years before i actually told someone can you pay me in bitcoin <laughs> and uh they were, and they, even then they were laughing at me like what and i'm like yeah it's this uh it's this new currency thing um and i took a i remember taking a pay cut um to do that but it was just a way for people to pay me um outside of the system in the u.s they were a lot stricter in the U.S. about how, how to get paid. And that was one of the things about getting into the industry in the beginning because I got out of the army to get into the industry. And um, I was pretty much done with paying for paying for wars, paying for paying the tax man. You know, um, I'd done a lot of learning about the establishment and government and taxes and legalese and maritime law and all these things that had like woken me up to the realisation I'm not, I don't need, I'm not participating in this anymore and I need another way around. So 
when Bitcoin came along, it kind of was the answer. I just, I felt to myself, I was like, yeah, this just ticks all the boxes for me. And um, I just want to get involved with that. And I was just watching it. I've never been in, interested in investments and sh or you know shares or anything else like that before. I never played around on the stock market or anything. But I just slowly but surely, you know, just started reading, started learning, started watching the watching the uh, the charts and everything. And I was like, yeah, this this could be this could be something good. And I mean, I haven't looked back since. It's just been a really incredible thing so I, I guess that in a in a sense i'm an investor now just simply because i put my savings in it and i, I just kept adding to it and adding to it and um yeah i'm very happy where, where we're at right now so you you got into it around 2012 and i think like a, a year later i was reading like headlines like thailand banned bitcoin obviously you know you're in you're in Chiang Mai, you're shopping at markets. I see your vlogs are awesome. I see you acquiring. I see you using Bitcoin, living a life there. What is it like over there? And how how are the people that you run into that know about Bitcoin? Is it is it still a struggle to use over there? Um, well, no. I mean, a lot of the people are out here because they're trying to set up their digital enterprise, you know, um, and because of the cost of living. So for me, it was kind of perfect. I I was traveling. Um, and it's a good destination to have on your rounds, you know. I was going from, through Europe and then stopping in the Far East and then coming back to the States, and that was like when I was trying to be a little... I was trying to honour the immigration laws of the US, so I was like not wanting to go... I In the beginning, I used to come to the States, stay for, for my 90 days, and then fly to London for the weekend and come back to the States and stay for 90 days. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was getting like challenged every single time by the um, homeland security guys, and I was just like, "What? This is a. Uh, I need to find another way." So I'd, I'd go traveling more often, and yeah, they, there was a, there was a ban. I don't know if it, even if it still exists because I don't even really pay attention to to that. I'm I'm like I'm online. I'm doing my thing. I mean, I always they always ask me what do I do, and I'm always like, "Yeah, I work online." And um, if if they if they follow up with anything, I just say I'm a blogger, and, and no one even really frowns on that. I know that Thailand just introduced a um, a six months. Um, I I don't know what they called it actually, but basically it got it got coined as the digital the nomad visa. So it's like a six month visa, and I think that they're trying to like close in on the the people who work online and and i mean i just feel like they're trying to figure out how to how to get the the money out of them and so this visa is is about three times more expensive than just the the two-month tourist visa um but i just don't really i'm not really down with letting people know what i'm doing where i'm going i i you know i just i also tell people i'm retired because that was something that people were saying online uh, when I first like, moved away from the movies. Um, I really just moved away to go traveling with my partner, and then we, and then we we were having our baby, and then so it was never really like a thing that I was quitting movies. But people started saying you're retired, and then and then for me that was just even easier because I started telling these 
you know, these authority entities. Oh yeah, I'm retired. And um, I just found that, oh, they didn't ask me as many questions then about my finances, which was great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm retired now. Um, and because I did the, you know, I kind of, well, I mean, you know, if there's any, any of them listening right now, technically I am retired. My pension starts, my army pension starts in uh, five years. So it's not like I'm lying to anyone. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, go on. If you were, I guess you've been, you've been kind of traveling around and, and, and doing this for quite a while now. And I'd imagine mm-hmm. in the beginning, it wasn't nearly as easy as it is now. Uh, can you like kind of like when did it start to become something that you knew you could continuously do and when was like Bitcoin a part of that? Like how did Bitcoin really facilitate that transition or was it just something uh, that made it easier in the well, first place? Yeah, I mean, okay. So in the beginning, I was walking around like with stacks, like literally stacks of cash with me thinking we're going through every time I'm going through these border things um kind of stressing because i was like you know you leave one country and then you you enter the next and you know just crossing that border they got this different rule where you 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 have to declare if you have more than or they you know they advise or they invite you to declare if you have more than x amount in cash and you're just like well damn i i'm i'm like double that or whatever and i'm like oh well i'm just gonna Claim it, you know, it's really easy just to be ignorant and just be like, oh, I didn't know. And thankfully, I never got, really got stopped, mostly in the U- in the US. I think there's like a, I think it's like $10,000. If you have more than $10,000 in cash, you have to tell them. Yeah, I think you're right. And I was just like, this is just getting crazy, you know. I can't keep doing this. So I managed to get, um, I managed to convince myself to get a bank account and in the US. Um, and it was with one of the mainstream corporate bank accounts at the time. I, I've since moved to a credit union. I recommend that for anybody because they've, they've been great. Um, but once I had a bank account in the US, um, and that was like my first foot sort of back in the system since leaving the army, um, you know, where, because <laughs> um, I don't know, I just had this, this thing. I just didn't want to be involved with any of it, you know, like system stuff. Um, but once I got my bank account, um, that's when I was introduced to Coinbase. So I've always been like, I know there's a lot of people who are not really happy with Coinbase um, since they've grown. But I've been with them for, since the beginning of my time. And um, and that really like opened it up for me because then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to move the money through this account onto online and then, then it's cool. Then I just, then I, then I can move around easier. And then, especially since they had this, um, shift card, that, yeah. that's just been like an incredible thing for me because I, other than that, I used to have to move, you know, I had to move it a couple of times and I was just losing a little bit each time. But now I think it's like 10 bucks to make an, a withdrawal or 10 bucks to use the card. And I'm just like, oh, that has enabled Bitcoin to just be completely liquid in my life. Um, and yeah, and then I'm just, I've just got this card in my wallet, you know? So I don't get the stress all the time. Um, 
especially in the early days, I was staying in hostels in Europe, just moving around like um, with all this cash and um, and Bitcoin, you know, it it to me, it's just like it's the perfect money. It's the perfect money. It's, you know, we have we've had the Internet for like, I don't know how long, but a couple of decades. Right. So to me, it's like that's 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 the uh, one of the be- the best uses or the best purposes of the Internet that I've ever seen. I'm just still like even talking about it now, I'm blown away by it. And when I talk to people, new people to it, I'm just like, it's it's incredible. Where do we start? Let's talk about money. Let's talk about centralized banking. Okay. And then when you start breaking it down to them, it just makes sense. What's nice about your your particular case uh, is like you have personal experience and quite a bit of personal experience with the frictions involved of trying to move money around in different places and mm. and dealing with kind of regulations of different state governments and then how all of that friction goes away as you totally. moved it into Bitcoin and how much easier it allowed you to kind of live the lifestyle that you'd like to live. And that's something that a lot of people who try and maybe talk about Bitcoin or on-ramp other people don't have. So they kind of have to try and say, well, just trust me. I, can't, I don't have yeah. stories for you, but you have a lot of these kind of real life scenarios of how it's made your life easier and allow you to live the way that you'd like to live using Bitcoin. Yeah. He's a walking use case. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's how I, I mean, I would never really talk about something unless I tried it myself, you know, like, like um, it reminds, that reminds me like, in the early days, I was getting involved with uh, network marketing and stuff like that. And um, and I still have a mixed opinion about some of the programs out there. Um, I mean, some of the programs straight out, like, that's a scam, <laughs> right? But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, well, that might be a scam or that might be a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi or whatever. But I made my money back or doubled my money or I found people who were interested in doing it. And at the time, I guess, F- morally, I was just like, well, you're taking the same risk as I'm taking, um, paying into these things. But, um, and so, but what, what my point is, is that I had sort of like an insight into what Ponzi schemes and, and, and scams and things like that were. And, and the thing that, that like, made Bitcoin so different to me in the early days, you know, like when I was even like skeptical in some ways about it was when it's being like, with it being peer to peer and decentralized, like none, nothing else could offer that. Nothing else did. Like in some ways or whatever, there was always like, well, you're paying a subscription for this or you're, you know, it's centralized in some sort of way. And so, I always came pe- came straight with people. I was like, "Listen, I'm involved in this and that and all the rest of it, but this is different. This is so different." And I guess I had to exp- I had to learn how to explain it in my own way. That wasn't I'm not a financial you know expert, or I didn't really have any of the other ways. So, I, like you said, I I just told people my own experiences. Um, I mean, were they shady people? I guess maybe like. There's some shady people around porn, definitely, or who want to move large amounts of money or 
whatever. But I guess, you know, it's neutral. Bitcoin is neutral in that. It's like, well, you used it. Um, but yeah, every community has its assholes. I feel assholes good about it. Bitcoin community. isn't different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> oh, I mean, I just wanted to say, like, I, I just felt like I felt really good about it being something legit that wasn't a scam that I was involved in. Because <laughs> everything else I've been involved in had always been like, <laughs> people are like, well, porn is a bit fringe or, you know, this and that. And I'm like, no, but this is something different. This is This can help you all. Yeah. A lot of people in the beginning, they were always like, well, yeah, Kenny needs to use Bitcoin because he doesn't want a bank account or this and that. So they already had like... This negative connotation of, of using Bitcoin because of the industry you're in. Yeah, yeah. And also because like by that point, I was already vocal about my feelings towards the establishment and stuff like that. So people who were my friends who were like in in the nine to five job and, you know, uh, they just kind of thought, also thought it was something to do with my conspiracy theories and all of these things. So um, I kind of, I wasn't necessarily the greatest person to help adoption in the days, in the early days. But um, but now we have, you know, the legacy of a few years. It's like, oh, yeah, people are definitely being like, hmm, re-looking at it. And especially the main, more mainstream adoption is just more and more people coming to me like hey kenny you know you you know this bitcoin thing you still you still messing with that and i'm like uh yeah i talk about it all the time <laughs> and they're like yeah well, i was in thinking about that and i was like yeah well don't think too long <laughs> i mean i don't know we're still floating i think we 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 stabled out i mean i i don't really follow the charts on a daily anymore like i used to but um, i like to check in probably once a week I think we're we're stable right now. Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess aside from the money part, like you say, you're probably not watching like the price regularly because you're using it in other ways. Like I, I saw that you backed yours and you've been in the steam it for over a year and you must, you must be a big believer in getting paid for your content. Hence your interest in yours. Correct. Um, I, I have, I haven't been in steam it that. Uh, yeah, I guess I've been with, with steam it since this year. So it's a new thing for me. And um, I'm not, and you know, uh, with yours, I, I was really excited because they were Bitcoin related. There's an, there's also another one that's Ethereum related um, that's not launched yet. Uh, right. But I'm also interested in that too um, because I've spread myself, like since I've, I haven't um, stayed in Bitcoin, like since the years have combined, I was just like, oh, doing some little micro trading, see if I could like a feel for how to do it all without losing too much money and um so through doing that i've spread my spread my holdings a little bit across the across the board and i i think that um it was exciting for me to see yours um bring bring it to the table but i actually think that steam it kind of trumps it right now because um the thing is is that with yours and i i directed some comments to them but they never got back to me i was like I'm not sure about it right now, how they set it up. And I know they're not finalized on, on the interface, but it seems to me that you, you, you would be investing in the platform to be able to curate, to be able to maybe get a return of investment that way. And, um, 
and I just think that, well, you know, Steam, it, you just get on. Anybody can get on. It's like anybody can enter um, with, well, no financial risk to themselves. So as in like an adoption for crypto, I think that Steam, it represents a much stronger um, case for newbies to enter into the cryptocurrency realm, you know, and get an idea of, yeah. oh, you know, I can earn this is real. And then now I can transfer it to an online wallet. What's an online wallet? You know, and going through the whole stages, I think that um, it's it's actually it probably trumps yours. But we'll actually, see, I'd like, to be, like if I if I can put in, I, I'm, I'm actually the first user of the yours network. Uh, okay. Uh, they haven't quite solidified. I think a lot of their business their business model, but they're what you're like coming to what you're saying. They're trying to mm. do exactly what you say, and that anyone can jump on the yours platform make some content and be automatically be paid in bitcoin through a yours bitcoin wallet which they can then immediately take out and That's gonna be great. use however you'd like and uh, the curation is almost like an incentive model for mm. people to popularize pe other people's content right say say for right. instance you have you have a blog or a vlog that you'd like to post you could post it on mm. yours and other people can, if they feel like you're going to get a lot of attention, tip right. you. And in the process of tipping, they make a percentage of every subsequent tip after that. But you mm. as the content creator are still making money off every tip that comes in. Right. Well, that's going to be incredible then because I think that um, obviously the majority, um, you know, if we're looking for – if we're looking for that tipping point, that mass adoption tipping point, I just think that most people heard of Bitcoin right now. And, you know, that's going to be the most likely, I I mean, I'm only speculating, but I, I think that's going to be the most likely crypto to, to, to really just, I mean, I already think we're making a splash. I already, you know, it depends. If you surround your, your online conversations with all the, um, pro Bitcoin people like for a week, then you start to think, oh man, we're already living it. But if you come out of it and speak to like the everyday people, you're like, oh, we're a long way. We're and a long way. Like, oh. <laughs> could you tell someone that they can also make Bitcoin off the things they're already doing on the internet? Yeah. Then it's a very easy way to kind of get it in the hands of everyday users where they can experiment with it and kind of, because that's kind of the, almost the hardest part about getting people into Bitcoin is getting them some Bitcoin, mm. especially yeah. or finding ways for people to make their own Bitcoin for things that they already do. And if you could do that, then it's just, it's, well, why wouldn't it blow up? Right. Yeah, right. It's also, you know, it's supported by a decentralized platform and you don't have to worry about getting censored. You know, I've, you don't have to worry about getting banned from YouTube. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that brings that. That's a great point. Um, I was actually talking to this guy, um, same as Doug. He's like the head of head of the team at um, Watch My Bit, and what they're bringing to the table. Well, I mean, we're talking. We're in. We're talking. He's been talking to his devs about doing a, an adult platform because I, I've been. Um, really back and forth a lot with him about how the watch my bit platform um if applied to the adult industry which really just seems like a seamless maybe a rebranding or, or you know a copy of the website um 
uh, a perfect um, solution to the current situation. Uh, the, the the adult industry is is rapidly disintegrating. You know, it's falling apart. Um, on the one hand, or, and on the other hand, it's being eaten up by a, a massive corporate monopoly. Um, so it's it's really turning out that um, unless you're working for, for the one big company, uh, you you're going to be struggling. So the Watch My Bit platform. Um, is very much like a YouTube that pays the users in Bitcoin rather than like on YouTube you you can monetize um, ad sales right uh, like banner the banners that you get on the YouTube's can earn you money so instead what they're doing is it, it's like a prepay micro payment to watch a video and I'm, and I, I express with him like it's a, you're difficult because you're going up against free. Right, but right now people can watch vid content for free, and you're asking for them to pay. But I think that um, that's really the same thing that the porn industry has going on right now, because they have the tube sites. There's like anyone a millennial is never gonna have to pay for porn if they want to watch porn, right? So yeah. they have to be really a fan um, to support their artists or whatever. But um, it's it's something that's really interesting to me, and I think it can really empower the c content creators because uh, you do have fan uh, fans who are willing to pay for your content right um, and I, I'd like to see that come into this into the feed and, and and that can be also integrated into yours and steam it because you know that way you you're providing content with video and text and and, and everything it's it's just really it's really attractive, I think, for people who want to make money online to suddenly think, oh, well, I can make money online pretty easy. It's just in the form of this cryptocurrency. So it's kind of like you don't know, have the Bitcoin conversation till later on. They're already getting involved. I think that's a good thing. What about cam sites? Um, is, has anyone like uh, created, uh, I guess, a cam site with a roster of cam models? Well, you have Exotica.tv. Not... Well, yeah, it's not associated. Well, with money and they just just Bitcoin only. Would that be? Yeah. I mean, uh, is there anything in the universe like that? I, you know, this is something that I've been talking about. I've been working in the cam business since I since I really left the industry, and um, and I just think that it it would be a real. It's such an easy transition. It's like I I try not to even have this conversation too much because. It bugs me because then I get all excited because then I'm just like, it, we're literally right there. Just just one of the main campsites, just to integrate it into their into their pay model, like into their you know, a lot of campsites are token based, so people are using fiat currency to buy tokens. So it's you know it's very close to the whole crypto idea anyway because when you explain it to that was my point, yeah, 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 you explain it to them like well you know you it's basically what you're already doing. If you just let them buy in with Bitcoin, you know, um, it, you're just you're just giving more options, and especially because the anonymity, I never get this one right, anonymity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, people people want to stay anonymous with their jacking off to I don't know whatever. People don't doing. want people typically don't want those websites to come on their uh, on their right. credit card statements. 
So for now, I haven't seen any. Um, well, I haven't, I've seen a couple of. I saw one. I think I saw one campsite that was trying to do it, and I'm like, I'm not really sure that they're getting the traction that they, you know, deserve. Trying trying to be like the the uh, pioneers there, but um, I think there's a there's a few different um, subscription sites, you know, um, porn websites, subscription sites who accept Bitcoin now, which is really cool to see. I think in Canada. They, I mean, the Canadians like they're pretty cool. They they always seem to be on on the on the new on the new vibe straight away. So I, I think it's a couple of Canadian models I know that do it. I like to see something in it. I'm just I'm just really I don't know. Maybe I'm just so on the beach. Like I'm I'm loving life right now that I could go in and be more active in the adult industry as a as a you know, as a proponent or, you know, as a a networker for Bitcoin and explain it to people much better. But honestly, man, I'm just like, I think the time will come when people have to do it. You know, yeah. it's getting crazier and crazier. And I'm just like, you either, you either adopt now or you, or you start to see, listen, my, my partner, she had a, her, well, I, we both had money frozen from PayPal just for being involved in the adult industry. Right. My partner had her bank account seized because the tax man just wanted to know what's going down. And it's just like, what, you can't go traveling for a couple of years? But where's the law that says you can't move from A to B, right? But they want to know about all your business. And it's just like, it's going to get to a point where, especially for the adult industry, there's not, there's not really many other choices. How are you going to get paid, you know? I know that you guys um, have had interviews with, with other adult industry people in different realms. Mm -hmm. And um, I was involved with, you know, escorting in the early days. It was kind of like by default. I, I was traveling all over Europe and I had, I had my own place in London that was pretty much empty the whole time. And so then I'm in Europe knocking around and the girls that I'm meeting they're already doing it. So it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm pimping or, or, trying to pimp or anything. These just my friends. Right. And I'm just like, Oh, you want to work in London? You can use my place. Um, I didn't even ask for money. They gave me money. They were like, Oh yeah, I'll give you a percent of every job I do there. And I was like, okay, cool. So I know, a lot of, I know a lot of people in that industry who, when Bitcoin came along and I started talking to them about it and I said, well, listen, you don't need to invest in it yourself. You just have to ask the clients if they want to do it like that, especially the bigger jobs or the bigger name girls, you know, they're not talking about, you know, a couple hundred bucks in, in the wallet. They, they got clients who want to take them to Monaco for the weekend, you know, and, and, and they just want to make one transaction and done. And so these girls, um, they were so happy when Bitcoin came along. They were like, Oh, you know, I think when they're, for a long time, they've been talking about legalizing prostitution and all of this stuff across Europe, all the different countries. And the fact that a lot of them were not really happy, like Germany has some legalized brothels and this and that. Um, and they're not really happy with the, the whole legalization thing because there's the one argument where they're not going to get beaten and, and, and be in these really quite disgusting uh, work environments. And the, on the other side, it's like, well, now you're taxing me. 
And so it's like they need another solution rather than legalization, you know, that, that, that too. But for them to be in control of their money, to be empowered, self-empowered and, and cover their, you know, cover their asses, literally, Bitcoin was a huge thing for them. I think it's going to be great for more and more girls to realize um, and that, that's the thing. We we interviewed that London escort agency, Corey. I don't know if you knew this, but they went out of business. They're yeah, not, they're not up anymore. Um, right. It, it just seems like she didn't. She wasn't getting excited about the the empowerment thing that you're talking about. Mm. She would get paid in Bitcoin. She thought that was cool, but then she would run to the madam, and then they would exchange at the fiat immediately. So it was just another way for her to get paid. And I I think they just didn't understand that they were on the cusp of something. That sorry, right, I think you get it. I didn't think they got it. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, I don't think I I didn't voluntarily get it like that, though, you see. It was because I was moving around that I didn't want to have all this cash with me. And, and okay, okay, so I didn't need to, need to buy, like, expensive handbags and all of this stuff. I didn't have to get that money right away. But I know these girls make enough money that they don't need, they're not stressing on, on where the next meal is coming. So they could just be leaving it in their, on it, you know, in their Bitcoin wallets. And it was simply through leaving it on there, realizing, oh, like I just booked a flight, you know, I just booked Prague to Budapest and I checked in and it looks like I didn't, even, I got a free flight because the Bitcoin went up and, you know, or whatever, you know, it was like, it was seeing this currency growing that you, yeah, if, you, if you're cashing out straight away, you're not going to see that, but. I guess that's the that's the short term view, and um, I mean, hey, a lot of the working girls I know, they're not looking at being in doing what they're doing long term. They're not looking long term about, about a lot of things. So maybe you know, maybe it's just that's the that's the um, demographic of the of that part of the industry. But for sure, man, like as it becomes more normalized, as it becomes safer to keep your money in your crypto, you know, in your crypto wallet than in your bank account. Right. You know, if you, you, you've got less questions, you've got less people breathing down your neck. Um, then, then I think it's just a no brainer. I, I like to see, I like to think to myself, unless like, people come and ask me about it, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm, I'm just telling I'm just, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how it's working for me. And I think that's way, a way more powerful um message then i when i first used to be talking to people about bitcoin it's kind of sounded like i was working for bitcoin <laughs> you know well that's why we're here man let, let us let us do all the heavy lifting oh, yeah, you, you actually yeah. you touched on something that i think is really important that i don't think people quite understand because we we spend as a podcast and as enthusiasts we spend a lot of time trying to convert people or get people to mm -hmm. understand like what bitcoin is and why it's so important and it's mostly people who never try and buck the system or use their money in a way that the the, the government or, or banks don't allow and the mo and like it, that works great money works great so they don't see the use case and the moment right. that someone tries to do something that isn't allowed is the moment they're like well, what the hell why doesn't this work and that's mm. when they start to realize like the power behind bitcoin and how it's completely agnostic to what you're doing Right. I mean, yeah. for me, it was very personal because like, like I said before, I did seven years in the military. So I'm 
when when people talk to me about paying tax and uh, and they try to shame me, you know, I'm I'm very open about it. I'm like, listen, the, the, I left. I I I I was discharged um, uh, 2006, and I'm very proud to say that I haven't contributed to any of the wars since then. And so when people talk about like, well, you're trying to game the system, or you're trying to get out, of, or you're not contributing. I'm like I contribute very well, actually. I, I you know, I contribute to the uh, individuals and small businesses that I, I do business. You know, I exchange services with or goods, whatever. But when you tell me about a, a, a paying tax, when you tell me about a, a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme that you ain't even like most people ain't even aware that they're participating in, then then breaking it down to them is just listen, morally, ethically. I'm not paying into that system no more. I, I can't. Even the central banks, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it because I know that that is disempowering other people. It is. It's, it's empowering the machine that does not, it doesn't care about you or me. It doesn't care about the people that are hungry, the, piss, the people, the, it doesn't care. It's a system. It's not, I'm, I'm, and I don't take it personally and I don't try to do, the whole Illuminati thing. I don't try to put it on the queen or any individual. I'm just like, it's a system. And, and now we have a system that serves you, right? That, now we have a system that's transparent, that's open, that's peer-to-peer. Like, we, the people, are empowered. Like, people don't seem to get that. They don't seem to get that. And I think it's because we have grown up, we're... We're the babies. We're the babies of the online era, you know. So everything that we've experienced before doesn't match that. So, I mean, there's hesitancy, there's skepticism, there's fear. Um, but that's all just part of it. I think that's part of coming, growing up, you know. Um, I, what can you do? Well, you, you, all you can do is you can just keep living your life and showing them like, hey, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, it's a voluntary thing. You don't have to, you always have a choice. You always have a choice, but some people are so ingrained in it. They're like, they don't see that choice because it's, it's, there's not, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of pressure to just, to, I mean, a lot of my friends and family are back in London and it's a very expensive place to live. That's <laughs> You get in tax every every which way, and even on top of that, just getting by. Um, the wages there and the cost of living. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that there's people in Thailand living a happier life. Like they have more time freedom. They they they're wealthy in in quality of living. But there's there's just a bunch of people who very look like slaves to me you know just in the machine like heavy grinding every day and i'm like okay if that's what you want to experience that's fine but there's other ways you can make it online you can do your passion you can follow your joy whatever it is like you don't have to i mean i own a couple of different online things right now like I, i'm like i said with the camming that's been really great i've just i've been trying to diversify and reach out to, to monetize as many different passive earnings as possible so I can spend time with my family. And when I, and these are the things that really I found in my more recent conversations with people 
these are the things that really grab people's attention. It's like, I've been, Kai is 106 days old, right? I've been doing a picture a day. I haven't, I've stopped posting, I've stopped posting at 100, but because <laughs> um, I just felt like people were getting crazy with that, right? But um, I've been with this, 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 this boy every single day. Me and his mom get to spend every day with him. And that's just like, sometimes it breaks my heart. My, my, one of my, I'm not going to mention names, but one of my closest in the US, uh, they just had a child. And, you know, they're just talking about, well, I've got to wean him off, on, off of the boob now because I've got to get him on the bottle because it fits, you know, with the childcare. And I'm just like, well, shit, you know, you, you're already talking about going back to work. I'm like, why, why don't you just enjoy being a mom? And, and building that bond with your child and it's not possible if you choose that model that keeps you in scarcity you know it's just not it I don't know anyone who's in there who's making it happen unless they you know had them had some wealth you know, but you know they if they inherited it or they they had some sort of wealth that gave them that time freedom but everyone else is on the clock man it's like even if you have a baby, you just get have the baby, get back in the system as soon as you can, and it's like that's that's no way of living for, for me, in my opinion. That's no way of living. Well, that's a that's a that's a pretty good place to kind of to kind of wrap this up and then follow up with our our final questions, which kind of okay. forces you to forces you to try and compact all of that into a single sentence. Can you can you describe Bitcoin in ten words or less? <laughs> Um, oh man, I probably would come up with a better one if you'd given me. Oh, that's the whole point. Some... It's got to be on the spot. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. I like that. Keep me on my toes. All right. So, um, I would say that Bitcoin is, oh, it's going to be my tagline, huh? Um, <laughs> Bitcoin is going to, oh man. Okay, I'm not trying to steal this, guys. I just, one of the Steam It guys was talking about a book that he's writing or something. And I don't even know what his finalized title is going to be or his working title is. But um, Bitcoin is the, is the money of the internet. All right. Bitcoin well, is the, yeah. If that speaks it. to you that and Bitcoin that's how you feel about the, it, then. The internet's money. It is. It's the future. Yeah. Bitcoin is the future. Yeah. Boom. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it, might always... be vague. It, it might be vague for people, but really, once you're getting involved in it, you start to realize, how could I ever go back? You, you, I couldn't yeah. ever go back. That's it. Well, look, uh, uh, spreading the message about living life how you want to live and doing whatever makes you happy. I mean, I see you now, you know, your hair is long, you're a new dad. I just see a more relaxed, laid back version of you. And I'm just thankful that you wanted to come on our show and speak to us for about an hour. So we appreciate your time. And it's been, it's been cool. I don't really get to talk about it like this uh, on a podcast. Usually they're trying to ask me a bunch of different <laughs> wild kind of questions. So it's been great to talk about it. It's a passion. I just, uh, I just implore people, you know, look at where your money is going. You're voting with your dollars. You know, everywhere you spend your dollars, everywhere you get your dollars or your fiat currency, you know, just start waking up, start paying attention. It's it's all captured energy. It's it's your time you're buying here. And uh, Bitcoin has definitely given me a 
and my partner and my family the freedom time freedom that we we never could have imagined it's it's amazing thanks guys thanks for coming on the show we appreciate it all right thank you man cool enjoy the rest of your day yeah you guys too and we're back what you just was interview with the first Asian male heterosexual back at you I don't think I said that right again the first Asian heterosexual male porn star first Asian American heterosexual porn star in American pornography boom there we go and he happens to be into Bitcoin and has a wicked awesome goatee yeah, check out uh-huh. uh, KennyCams.com. That's uh, Kenny with one N and an I and Cams with a Z. Is it like cam girls and stuff? I haven't clicked it, actually. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, that's a that. click at your own risk there. He does a lot of YouTube like <laughs> vlogging. Yeah, he does a lot of YouTube, so check out his YouTube. He also has a Tumblr at KennyStylesBlog.tumblr and... If you want to look at his old work, go to Pornhub.com slash Pornstar slash Kenny Styles. Interesting. Um, he's all over the internet. so Yeah, if you it's just Google his name, go. you're more than likely going to come up with, with porn. you gotta, you got to Google like Kenny Styles Bitcoin or like Kenny Styles YouTube. Mm. But yeah, he's an interesting dude. He, uh, I don't know, he, he, he's really enjoying it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I enjoy talking fatherhood with him. That yeah, was that, was, <laughs> that was fun. Well, um, all right, so what's next? Yeah, what, what are we talking about next? Like, what's going on in the Bitcoin and the crypto world that is worth uh, talking about? Now, we got people's attention, they want to hear what's going on. What are we talking about next, Joe? What's on the docket? Well, do you guys oppose Segwit or are you guys? I'm 100% for anything that adds capacity to the blockchain. Yes. Well then, let's then we have to talk about the opposing argument. Then, what's the opposing we'll argument? Talk about it. Vaporware. Mm. Uh, how about the argument that Segwit does not completely fix the word that I can't pronounce? Malleability. There you go, smart guy. The that <laughs> problem. I haven't heard that argument. I don't have to look into it. I haven't heard that argument. That's either. kind of the whole point of segregated witnesses. To fix malleability. To fix malleability has had a lot of extra perks well, that people hung on to. I get well, from where I'm reading, the new format uh, TX fixes it, but as a soft fork, it retains backward compatibility with the older style TX format, and it still remains vulnerable. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but over time, people will, will adopt to the. It's, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's just not putting too many miners out of the game immediately it allows a smooth transition once it's enabled and it also allows wallets to adapt and change the way they do their they, they make transactions because while every wallet's gonna have to change in terms of how they sign make transactions mm-hmm. uh to adopt the new segwit style which also keep track of the segregated witness witnesses or like to keep track of the witness data which are then being taken out of the transaction data which allows for more transactions per block but like i don't know i think that's a dumb argument personally I think it's the same as it's basically the same argument as saying like, not basically, and I could be region here, but from what I understand, it's the same argument as saying somebody who's using Windows XP 
is going to have trouble using Windows 10 because of compatibility issues. And it's like, yeah, of course. Why don't you start fucking using Windows 10? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's but, it's it's a it's a good technology, and it should be it should be a part of the the Bitcoin. You I feel like people want Bitcoin to just stay exactly where it is. Who are opposing segregated witness? And yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that could be done to help Bitcoin, but just because those aren't being done, whatever flavor you think should be done first, doesn't mean that something else should take a back seat, right? You should people should be happy that things are changing in the right direction regardless of whether or not it's the exact small thing that they think should happen first. Yeah. There's something that, uh, three words that were used recently that I used recently in something for work that resonated with me, and that's ongoing effort. And a lot of things take that, and people don't really grasp what that means. Pretty sure ongoing is one word. Yeah. Yeah, but if you put the hyphen in there, it's one word. But if you, uh, pretty just pretty sure it's just one word. <laughs> Ongoing is just a word. Yeah, just a word. Well, now my report seems like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Thanks, Corey. Now the client probably thinks I'm an idiot. It's an adjective. Uh, you can Shit. also use. I put on hyphen going. That's a that's effort. appropriate. I'm looking well, it up right like now. Looking it up dude. right now. I'm having a daymare. Oh, no. Required spelling is one word. On dash going is not. It's not correct. Son of a bitch. Shit. Wah, wah. Anyways. <laughs> on, you know totally what it is? Derailed. It's like a third grade teacher taught you how to do it. And then out of habit, that's just how you've been doing it. It's not your fault. Well, thanks for just giving me the. Goodwill hunting. I appreciate that. According not, according yeah. to a different website on the English Stack Exchange, either is acceptable, though the form ongoing one word is almost uniquely the one used in modern times. The hyphenated version, as with most compound words in English, was the original form. It's not your fault, D. So you're OG. You're OG ongoing. It's fine. It's not your fault. I said it. I'm going to break down. Why are you doing this, man? <laughs> Why are you doing this, fellow? The fuck, man? Not, not you, fault. man. Not you. Not you. Well, anyway, um, uh, sorry to break that up completely, but ongoing yeah, progress or work. I was effort. in my pivotal, pivotal words, voice tone, and everything. Well, Let start me over. rewind this a little bit. It's it's an ongoing effort. Okay, making Bitcoin better is an ongoing effort. Making Bitcoin useful for more people and scaling it is an ongoing effort. It's not going to take some silver bullet that takes out the werewolf that is scaling and then we're like, yay. All right. It's not going to take a little bit of water to melt the wicked witch that is scaling. And then ding dong, the witch is dead. Shout out to Wizard of Oz. What the fuck is going on over there? Some real life. (laughs) (laughs) But what you guys need to know is that. This thing is an ongoing effort. If you're going to be in this community and not just be one of those people that's in the community to take advantage of the value that this community just seeps out and you're actually going to take place in it, you've got to have the conversations. You've got to be doing actions that take place towards that ongoing effort. 
of scaling. And SegWit, to me, is a beautiful, beautiful lunge forward in that. I mean, it effectively increases the capacity, which increases the transactions per second, which makes it an even better public good for more people. So. Well said. Well, I think what is most important here is is ongoing effort without compromising the underlying security and integrity of the network. You can't make progress for progress sake. You need to maintain what makes Bitcoin so great as you do yep. it. And that's a difficult thing to do. Consensus is not an easy thing to do. It can be done. I mean, Bitcoin made it an alternate implementation that holds consensus, despite other people saying that it couldn't be done. It's not easy, but nothing worth doing is easy. So, go work. Go to work. What do you guys say about uh, people saying that technical debt will ruin Bitcoin if we adopt SegWit? I think I think that's dumb. Because, ultimately, developer, developers are the ones that have to deal with that type of stuff. And they're the ones that are savvy enough to handle that type of situation. It's not that much technical debt. It shouldn't be easy to develop things. Especially in a complicated system like this. And the end user doesn't care. They're not going to see the difference between SegWit and non-SegWit. They're just going to see if it works or not. And the more times it works, the more the more they like the network is the more they use it. If yeah. it's a clogged network and they can't use it because uh, stupid reasons because we didn't scale the network, then they're not going to use it. Anyone who's worried about this type of stuff or the types of people that understand the technical debt and can deal with it. Anyone who's not listened to this podcast and will never listen to this podcast because why would I listen to a Bitcoin podcast? Those types of people won't ever give a shit or see the difference between SegWit and non-SegWit. That's true. Fuck them. <laughs> no, they're perfect. They're great. They're, they're the ones that are end up making the system like they're the users of the system when, when people make applications that allow people who don't give a shit about the te technicalities of Bitcoin to use Bitcoin. When that happens, then boom, perfect. But it, Would you it, consider it's... them to be low-level PABs, medium-grade medium PABs, or high-risk PABs? Uh, just non-technical people. Just normal, average, everyday people. Low-level PAB. You can call them a low-level PAB. L-O-PAB? Yeah, low-PAB. Well, um... Well, in closing, yeah, yeah, we got nothing else for you guys. Thanks for everyone who's listened to episode one through one hundred. I mean, there's a few of you out there. Um, thank you. We did have a listener tweet why they like our show so much, right, Cello? Yep. And uh, who was it? Shout them out. Yeah, let's uh, shout out. yeah that is a, a very longtime listener, uh, Hiroja Scheib. This is one of the few Bitcoin-centric shows. Sheeb. This is one of the very few Bitcoin-centric shows that is informative and entertaining at the same time. And um, if I can speak for myself, I'm, I'm very grateful to be in this position. And I couldn't imagine doing this project with anyone else. So thank you to you both. And uh, let's just keep on trucking. Yeah, oh, yeah. thanks, guys. We did not, not like blow up and hate each other after 100 episodes. That's a lot of time to spend with each other.
especially on the back end of all this. It's like for every hour that you guys listen to, there's countless hours outside of it where we're, where we're getting this stuff together and cooperating and organizing and all that type of shit. So the fact that we're still able to maintain the same relationship, if not better than it was when we started, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely been a good project. You know, whoever, whoever said that one thing, like don't do projects with friends, that guy was a fucking idiot. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, change tips dying. We're thriving in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, change tip. Y'all should have been friends. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. It's, it's really been a fun ride. I've learned so much. We've interviewed so many people, like doing so many great things. So if you, if you guys are new, like if you just started listening to the show recently, go back and listen to the old stuff. Um, and the really old stuff too, to see how much we've changed in our presentation. Yeah. Just um, go, whoever's, whoever only started on the latest episodes, just go listen to episode one and then come back yeah. and listen to these episodes. And you'd be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. We've changed a little bit in a good way. Um, shout out to everyone who's helped us significantly. Mackie. Um, let's see. We got Kim who's helping us so much in the background. Dylan, actually known as Dylon. Uh, he's the world's greatest rapper. Um, and anyone else, everyone else in the Slack who gives us ideas, keeps the conversation, keeps the conversations going in the right direction. Elias, shout out to you, my friend. You know, I'd like to, I'd um, like to thank, like, th- this may be, I don't want to say controversial, but like Tony Sakic, although he's having some hard times right now or some more weird stuff's going on, he came to us and helped us in a very pivotal time for us that's like, very true he he gave us a big boost of i guess legitimacy at a p- time where we were trying to f- find our way and, and understand like who we were and, and how to do things and he it was a big boost for us when we first started talking to him so uh, shout out to him definitely so yeah he bought guy. urls for us yeah yeah he, uh, you know good guy if you go to the blockchannelpodcast.com guess what or sorry not the block channel that's the other show our other show Shout out to Mackie if I didn't shout him out. Shout out to our, our sibling show, Block Channel. That's started out powerfully. The Sockage, if you go to the blockchainpodcast.com, it goes to us because we savvy like that. Eh. Anyways, um, yeah, Sockage, hope you're doing all right. Um, Chin, other than that, um, you know, shout out to uh, Zoe Saldana for helping us out, keeping us inspired and motivated. Um, Carrie Hillson, of course. Do you guys have any shout outs that you Yeah, shout out to the movie Arrival. That shit was fire. Ooh. We're gonna have to check that out. Corey, you got any shout outs? Nope. Okay. Well <laughs> Um Yeah, that's it guys. Thanks for tuning in for hundred episodes. One hundred. Uh, you guys are gonna come in on this probably not play the outro outro
Sorry for nothing. You low-level <laughs> pab. Sorry for fucking nothing. I'd like to apologize for fucking nothing. Fucking 